Hey, girl. Hey, I'd really like to spend some time talking with you about what you're studying right now, how you feel like God's teaching you, talking to you, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. I'm up to have this conversation. I don't know where it's going to go, what's going to come out. <laughs> we haven't prepared anything, talked about anything beforehand. Sometimes we have notes, but uh, we don't today. What's been on my mind today, this morning, I read Romans chapter one, and there's this one verse. It's a verse I've heard before, but it hit me in a new way because the word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. It's Romans 1, 21. And it says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God and nor gave thanks to him. And it goes on to say, you know, all these attributes and because of those attributes, he gave them over to their their sinful ways and, you know, kind of kind of turned their back on him on them because they had consistently turned their back on him. And and what hit me was that verse twenty one, although they knew God, they didn't glorify him or give thanks to him. And I saw it very much like a I don't know if it's a three-step process, but almost like a bang, bang, bang process. Number one is know God. And, and I feel like, yeah, I have a pretty good relationship with the Lord. I, I, I've been in relationship with the Lord for as long as I can remember. You know him. Um, yeah, I, I know God. And not just about him, but I, you know him. Yeah, but even knowing God isn't enough. We must also glorify him and give thanks. And so it, it was humbling this morning reading that. I feel like I'm a fairly thankful person, yet at the same time, when I thank the Lord, it's almost like a, yeah, thanks for all the things you give me, but what I really need is more things here. And oftentimes I don't sit in the thankfulness of I'm I'm living in the blessings the Lord gave me that I previously asked for. Yeah, like you're you're finally in that zone of being in the very blessing you asked for and in that blessing, you're already asking about another one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's really cool that you want to ask for more things. And I, I love you. I'm, I'm going to give you more things. But let's just take a second to realize like where you are, the ground you're standing on, the roof that's over your head, the car <laughs> you're driving in, all the things you previously asked me for. And so that was humbling um, mm-hmm. to, to take more consideration into thanking the Lord, but then also glorifying him. And, mm-hmm. And so that's something I've been meditating on today. What, what does it look like? What does it mean to glorify the Lord? And I think it means today, right now, it means to resemble him, to look like him, to bear the image of the one we are created in the likeness of. Mm. And so to look like, to dress like, to walk like, to talk like the rabbi that we follow. And so that's what's been on my heart today. Is knowing God, yes. Knowing about God, for sure. No, knowing His personality, yes. But also bringing glory to the kingdom and glory and honor to Him and giving thanks continually. Yeah. You said it's not enough, but I want to, I mean, challenge that wordage a little bit. Would you say more it's like it's not all there is? Like that's like part one, but there's also this other part to it too. Yeah, that's, that's a safe challenge um, because you can say knowing God is all that you need. And, and that is true. Like <laughs> Jesus is our ticket to heaven. <laughs> if we don't have a relationship with him, ain't no way, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I totally get that. Yeah. I really like, I don't think it was in the scripture you read, but following it, you said he gave them over to their desires. And that stuck out to me just in this moment while we're talking, like, God gave. God is generous. He gave them over to their desires. Like Mm. he knew their hearts. He knew what they were 
choosing already and he knew that it wasn't him and in god's generosity he gave them over to their Mm -hmm. sinful desires and that just kind of blew my mind (laughs) which is especially interesting that takes me to john 3 16 that's so often quoted for god's love of the world that he gave his one and only son after giving that sacrifice and these people who know the lord they have a relationship with him, but even though they know him, they clearly didn't understand the sacrifice, and so they do what they want, and he gave, he gave. them over to their desires. And that kind of fits with what I've been learning lately. What God has been showing me is a lot of things about his character. Mm-hmm. It's so many, but in this one example, God is generous, and it's just interesting that even in something like giving them over to their sinful desires, he's still being generous. He's still giving. He's giving them what they are telling him that they want. Like he's giving it. And I just think that that's such an interesting quality of God that he is that generous. Mm. Which makes sense why he would want us to be thankful. (laughs) And there's still a lot of mystery in that for me, that generosity. I just think it's interesting. Yeah. So that being said, what are you studying right now? So for me, I have a friend right now that I'm doing the Bible in a year plan with Bible recap, and we don't live in the same town. We're just doing it over our phones on the Bible app together. And it's been really good right now. We're in Judges, which has been really interesting. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I've gotten very sassy in my demeanor towards the Judges. Um, Tell me about the sass. (laughs) Do you want me to read one of my responses? Yeah, read one of your sassy responses. Okay, let me pull it up. I'll read one my response to Judges 11, which is, I'm probably not pronouncing this correctly, Jephthah. Jephthah. He was a judge, and this whole chapter was just wild, because Judges 11, there's this judge named Jephthah. Jephthah, I don't know how to pronounce it correctly. Yes, Jephthah. Uh, (laughs) Jeff for short Jeff so he makes this vow to the Lord and says hey if you will deliver me from the Ammonites whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me when I return I will offer it as a burnt offering sacrifice to you seems a little severe maybe not the wisest vow to make okay yeah so he makes this vow who is the one who comes out of the tent it's his daughter oh Jeff (laughs) yeah it's his daughter and he's like torn clothes crying wailing like no no and then she's like you've given your word to the lord do to me just as you promised so that the lord like he avenged you of your enemies all this stuff but give me a couple months i think give me two months to roam the hills and weep with my friends because i'll never marry and so he's like yes you may go and so she goes and weeps and then from like from that became, he, like he did, he, he sacrificed her. And from this comes the Israelite tradition that every year young women of Israel would go out for four days to commemorate the daughter of Jephthah the Gileadite. And, okay, so. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Judges 11 is so whack, like so crazy, so wild. <laughs> and so my response was just that. I said, Judges 11 was so whack. He didn't have to kill his daughter. I know that he was like, oh, well, I made an oath. I made the vow. But what's crazy 
is God earlier in scripture gave his people, he has all these different kind of offerings that can be made to him. Mm-hmm. And he made one that, that Jephthah could have done so that he wouldn't have to kill his daughter. Like to he like could atone have, for the vow yes, that he broke. Yes. In Leviticus 5 verse 4 says, or if anyone thoughtlessly takes an oath to do anything, whether good or evil, in any matter one might carelessly swear about, even though they are unaware of it, but then they learn of it and realize their guilt. When anyone becomes aware that they are guilty in any of these matters, they must confess in what way they have sinned. As a penalty for the sin they've committed, they must bring to the Lord a female lamb or goat from the flock as a sin offering, and the priest shall make atonement for them for their sin. Anyone who can't afford a lamb is to bring two doves or two pigeons. And so he even goes on from there, like, same thing. Even if you can't afford it, if you can't afford two doves or pigeons, then bring an offering of a tenth of an ephah, the finest flower for a sin offering. God is just so kind and generous, and it's clear to me that either Jephthah and his daughter are in such distress that they don't remember what God has said, or for whatever reason, they didn't learn it in such a way that they could remember it in a time such as this. Hmm. So he could have done that. Like, she didn't even have to die. And so in my response, I said, God literally gave them a way out when they do something dumb, like make a dumb oath. And that is my God shot for, for the day. That's what Bible recap does as a God shot for each reading. Hmm. God is out here making a way for us all the time. And we, as God's people, got to know his word so we can know how he makes a way for us. Hmm. Or else we'll just be out here killing daughters, apparently, and then having a festival of remembrance of the sad thing that didn't even have to happen. And it just is so alarming. (laughs) And so, again, it kind of points me back to God's generosity. Like Mm. he's even that generous that he would give multiple ways. A way out of a vow that I don't want to make anymore. This is way before Jesus. And so he made a way when there was no way. And it's unfortunate that this particular judge Mm. must not have known the word, the instruction, the he had an out, but yeah. didn't know he had an out. And, and oh. at least from what I understand from reading it, it seems like he is not, not aware or maybe he's so overwhelmed by his win and then the distraught of seeing that it's his daughter. But it's just wild to me. And it just solidifies the importance to me of knowing God's word and knowing what God promises and knowing what God wants for our lives and what he expects for us to how to behave. Yeah. So that's, that's what I've been studying lately. What you've been studying is wild. (laughs) Sometimes the Bible's all cute. Like, Oh, come to me, you weary, heavy laden. I'll give you rest. And then sometimes it's like, yeah, he straight up sacrificed his daughter because he made a dumb vow. And then I think like, man, Kelsey, like how many times do you make dumb moves like that? And how many times are you so like unaware that there's a better way or I don't even have to go there? And I think that's one thing that God has been teaching me is the phrase, it doesn't matter, <laughs> has been really big for me lately. Like if I actually think about a scenario or something that comes up in a relationship or friendship or whatever, how many times that I'll, I'll notice myself getting distressed or emotional or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then God almost is like, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't really matter. This little thing that you're focused on, it's not that big. Mm. And it's not that big a deal. It doesn't really matter. And so 
in an unfortunate way, Judges 11 even showed me that, that like in a way that vow didn't even matter. Like it, it didn't have to be that big of a deal. I think one of the wildest parts of that story for me is the daughter's response. Mm. Immediately, she didn't say, Dad, how could you? Or she didn't say, isn't there something in the scriptures that God previously said that like we could make a sacrifice to atone for a vow that we don't want to keep anymore? She was like, from what you said, no, like you made this vow, do it. It's okay, maybe not okay, but like I'm willing to be sacrificed. Just let me go and have a time of mourning and then I'll come back and you can sacrifice me. Wow, what great faith, what fear of the Lord. Uh, my word, I want to be friends with her, you know? <laughs> Like, homie doesn't mess around. Yeah. It just blows my mind. There's so many things about the Bible that blow my mind. And lately, that's that's one of them. And so my response in the Bible app was a bit sassy. I, I like I like your sass, though. Because your sass is tasteful, and it's spot on. And it's not, like, I mean, sometimes it's at others' expense. I, I don't know. I, I just like the way you are sassy. <sighs> Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Something else that God has been teaching me about his character lately is that God is kind. And I would like to talk about this a little bit. It's just been coming up a lot, like in songs I've been hearing or when I've heard someone giving a lesson or when I've been studying, I feel like I just keep seeing God and kindness in the same sentence. And this may sound strange, but I've been trying to practice seeing what his face looks like when he's looking at me. Yeah. I'm going to get emotional just thinking about it. Please do. <laughs> the more I learn about his character and lately that I've been learning about his kindness and that God is kind, then I picture that kindness on his face when he's looking at me. And it's a very awe thing. It's a very beautiful thing. It's a very special and sweet and comforting thing. And it's not that I had this picture of God being angry up in the clouds, just shaking his finger at me. Like I haven't, yeah. I don't, I don't feel like I've ever really seen God that way, but literally Kelsey today, right now, just sitting and thinking about what God's face looks like right now when he looks at me and imagining that kindness that he's been showing me about his character. It just does something to me. I really like your relationship with God, your relationship with Jesus, your relationship with Holy Spirit, because y'all y'all just seem like besties who go way back. Like you fear the Lord and you are in uh, awe and reverence of the Lord, but also like most of your prayers, maybe not most, a lot of your prayers, you start by saying, hey God, like <laughs> just like you do a friend. And I, I just really appreciate the way you reflect on your relationship with God. It's mm. beautiful. And I feel like my relationship with God is a little more, not quite like the God of thunder in the sky, but maybe a little, I, I lean closer to reverence. I lean closer to you're my captain, you're my king, and I will salute to you and I will obey you and follow you. And, and then every now and then we'll have like these really intimate heart to heart moments. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I respect that about your relationship too. And I think both of our experiences have been shaped by things we've walked through. Come on. Because there have been a lot of things in my life that at times God was my only friend. Yeah. 
And so that is how I have connected with him intimately is through that friendship. And I have his armor on and I will like, give me the order, Lord, let me go take this person out. But then when I come back, we're going to be chilling and feasting together (laughs) and talking about how things went down, you know? (laughs) So I feel like, but, but at the, at the center of it for me, for most of my life, it's been this friendship and this camaraderie and this. I'm holding his hand as I'm walking through all the terrain of life that I'm experiencing. And I've seen that for things you've walked through in your life because you are consistently looking for God to lead you. And you consistently want to do whatever it is that he wants you to do. And that's how you've connected with him. Because you have just this fierce, savage-like God, whatever you wanted me to do, I will do it. And I think that that's very admirable and it points to how you would see him as, you know, master commander. I'll go where you want me to go, even though I got some doubt, even though I've never done this before, even though like, you know, you have the things that you've experienced too, but they're so like at the end of the day, he's your God. Mm. And what I'm learning about my relationship with Jesus right now Mm -hmm. is if he is my king, like, yes, I want to obey the master. And if, if the king decreed it, I'm doing it. And if the king decreed that you don't do it, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not trifling with, with the king. But what I crave more than anything is for after the battle has been won or lost, and me and the king are in the tent, like sharpening our swords and talking about the next thing. That's what I'm craving with Jesus right now. We're on the field of battle. It's serious. We're walking through hard stuff, but we take the helmets off and we sit by a campfire and talk. Like that's what Mm -hmm. I'm craving with, with the master and with the king right now. That takes me to the story of Peter walking on water towards Jesus. Where's my Bible? Oh, it's right there. It's a huge book right next to you. (laughs) That's one thing about your Bible. Like my Bible, if this is a sword, it's rectangular um, and it's like it's I can grip it in one hand almost like it's a one-handed sword, but your Bible, your sword, it, it's massive. Like you have the shield of faith, but it's like strapped to your back. You're just dual wielding your sword because you don't need your shield apparently. That's what I was thinking like if people play Skyrim, it's definitely a two-handed weapon. <laughs> <laughs> but also on that while you're searching for the scripture you're looking for, I do love that you actually take your sword everywhere you go. Like it doesn't matter if we're going to Costco or are going to speak somewhere. Like your sword is always in the floorboard in the passenger side of the car. And my Bible is like on the nightstand, in my backpack, on and I kind of, I don't know where it is. And I love that your sword is just such a part of you. I gotta have my weapon with me if I'm gonna wield it well. Come on. It's Matthew 14. So a lot of times when we look at this story, we think, oh, he starts to sink and Jesus is like, come on, dude, why do you have no faith? Let me help you out of there and get you. But that's not what happens. Tell me what happened. Okay. So beginning to sink, Peter cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him, and then talked to him. That's some pretty quick reflexes, just by the way. (laughs) He is the son of God. Because you don't sink in water slowly. (laughs) (laughs) 
maybe he did. I mean, Ooh, who knows? Maybe it was like sludge. Not the point. Anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> the point is, like, he says that you have a little faith, why'd you doubt? And when they got in the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped him and said, truly, you're the son of God. And why I even bring all of that up is because what you're talking about is almost like this moment of they got back in the boat after the storm. Mm. And then Jesus has this little moment with them, like a little teaching moment or a little okay, let's just go over what just happened here. Like, And then they worship him. And also that says something to me too about worship, which I feel like has been a consistent thing we've been both been learning more and more about yes. over the past handful of years is maybe after these battles have been lost or won or are just ongoing and we're taking a time out to sharpen the sword, taking a little time to repair our shield of faith, or any other part of your armor that has been nicked or scratched or dented is maybe a great opportunity for worship. Hmm. I'm glad you said that because I put myself in the boat. I went with your analogy there and went in that scripture. And I went with what I was saying earlier about like wanting to be in the tent with the king, wanting to be in the boat with the king after whatever just took place, the battle, the wind, the waves, the victory. And uh, I really like feedback. And so I learn by someone saying, hey, this is how you do this. Now you try it. Let me watch you. And then I do that. And then they say, oh, hey, actually, whenever you're trying to cut that wood, do it more like this. And I really like the feedback of, because I, I like clarity and closure of knowing what I'm doing is what the king wants me to do. Mm. And so what I, what I feel like I'm craving is that feedback from the king after the wind, after the battle, after the whatever. And I like that you said that maybe the best thing to do instead of needing feedback or saying, hey, master, tell me how I can do better. Tell me how I can prove. Oh, no, come just, on. just worship. Like you're giving feedback. I'm giving feedback. Instead of asking him, no, I, I'm just going to put all that aside and worship. <laughs> I, I don't even know what the next words are. My, I mean, you, you can see my face. Nobody else can. My mouth is literally like, so far over. I feel like my, that my, was a breakthrough in my mind and my heart just my right jaw here. Is on the floor. What a thought. What a thought. Because a lot of times when I read and when I'm listening to a podcast or listening to a book, that's what I'm looking for is the mm. feedback from the king and not adoration to the king. And I think of how many of us are like, I'm not hearing from God. I'm not hearing from God. I'm not hearing from God. Well, maybe it's not that we need to hear from God. Maybe it's that we need to have Man. God hear from us. He ain't hear from us. Yeah. And when he does, it's, I need this. Give me feedback. <laughs> and he's like, well, tell me something. <laughs> Give me feedback about this. Or like you said, you're in the middle of a blessing asking about another blessing. Give him some feedback, bro. Give me feedback about that provision I've led you through for the past 30 years. <laughs> Whoa. And that is something that is so close to our hearts right now is learning about God's provision. Mm -hmm. That has been huge for us lately. There is something about worship. I, I am I imagine that we don't even know all of what praise and wor like when I say worship, I do mean like singing, praying, praising. Mm -hmm. I don't think we can even comprehend everything that worship might be doing in our hearts and souls and in our physical spaces and what it looks like in the spiritual realm mm. when we worship. Yeah, Ephesians 6, battles not against flesh and blood, but against Satan and his demons in the spiritual realm. And a lot of times when we talk about the spiritual realm, it's about the evil and the dark and the mm. bad that's happening all around us, almost like the upside down and stranger things, like what's <laughs> happening out there yeah. with with the evil. But 
we don't oftentimes think about what's happening out there with the good. Like what of heaven is colliding with us all around us that we're not even seeing what mm. angels and forces of light are at work in our everyday life. But particularly when we stop to worship, what's happening mm. to us, to the space we're in when we worship the Lord. Yeah. Something God has taught me, like I was saying about imagining what his face looks like when he's looking at me and imagining kindness on his face when he's looking at me. I will do that sometimes when I'm singing in a worship service and I'll imagine Jesus literally standing in front of me and what is my posture as I'm singing this song to him? Hmm. What, what am I doing? How am I praising him? If I'm singing this to Jesus, if I'm singing the song to God, if it's a song about me giving stuff up, what does my posture look like? Mm -hmm. And I don't just mean physical. I mean like heart. Like if I were to imagine my spiritual self, what does that look like? Am I bowed down in front of Jesus? Am I dancing, jumping up around with him in a song of praise? Am I arms crossed, legs crossed? Stiff as a board. Stiff as a board and just gritting out the words. Like what is, what is my, what does my singing worship look like? I like that perspective of putting yourself in the spiritual realm and not thinking about, I mean, yeah, thinking about the words you're singing and thinking about what what it means, but but also like what is, what is the posture of my soul as I'm singing these words? Like, what does my heart look like as I'm praising the Lord? And it makes the worship so much more about Him. Do you have any worship songs that just automatically put you in that place? Like you said, sometimes it's hard for you to get there, hard for you to imagine yourself actually singing the words to the Lord. But are there songs that you're like, oh, every time that comes on, I'm in it. I'm there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, right off the bat, my heart goes to Jaira. Yeah. Uh, you Are Enough. Uh, th mm. That was that was one for many months. If that came on, the playlist of that came on in the car, I was just like, okay, stop what we're doing. We got to praise. And lately, another one that has been on my heart a lot Oh, uh, it's uh, Same God by Elevation Worship. Oh, man. Tell me about it. I mean, I know about it, but tell me about I it. I mean, Elevation Worship has kind of been on our hearts a lot lately anyway. Yeah. But this song, man, there's just some really powerful scripture-filled lyrics that you can't, I, I just can't not be moved. Um, some of them that hit me a lot. I'm calling on the God of Mary whose favor rests upon the lowly. I know with you all things are possible. And I'm calling on the God of David who made a shepherd boy courageous. Oh. I may not face Goliath, but I've got my own giants. And the chorus is, oh God, my God, I need you. God, I need you now. How I need you now. Oh rock, oh rock of ages. I'm standing on your faithfulness, your faithfulness. And in the bridge, one of my favorite parts, you heard your children then, mm. and you hear your children now. So good. You are the same God. You answered prayers back then, and you will answer now. You're the same God. You were providing then, and you are providing now. You moved in power then. You move in power now. You were a healer then. You're a healer now. You were a savior then, and you're a savior now. <sighs> we're both <laughs> a little glossy-eyed. I think what 
is so powerful to me about this song. I think it draws the faith out of me. Like it brings the faith from deep in my heart to the surface. And, and it's almost like I am demanding in faith and in love and in power and respect. It's like you're demanding your own self to acknowledge that he is holy and this is true. And it's true because you've seen it. And it's true because you've experienced it in your own life. And you've seen it experienced by so many other people. You've seen it throughout the Bible. It's almost like when you said the word demanded. It's like a declaration. Yeah, not even, it's not demanding of God, not demanding of other people. Like you're demanding your own heart to acknowledge that he is God. And he is the God he says he is. You were a provider then and you are a provider now and you were a healer then and you will heal now not i'm asking you to not i hope you will not i think you will but in faith and james says when we pray we should not doubt like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind but he who asks believing what he says that will be given to him the prayer offered in faith you were a savior then you are a savior now you moved in power then move in power now just the boldness of it i love the truth of it makes me think of revelation so everybody watch out i'm about to read, <laughs> read on, from man. revelation chapter Bring one it. verse eight god says i am the alpha and the omega says the lord god the one who is who was and who is to come the almighty and that song that you just shared puts me right there like you're saying is faithful then is faithful now my heart, my mind just immediately goes who was and is and is to come. Mm. When we have conversations like this, like I said a minute ago, something God has been teaching me lately is it doesn't matter. And when I have a moment like this, like worship, like you're talking about, maybe we give him the feedback of praise and worship. And when we do that, when I've experienced that, all of the things that I focus on or that I get worked up about or distressed over don't seem to matter and i'm able to see more clearly oh that doesn't matter do you know what i mean yeah the worries the doubts the fears even the hopes like all those things wash away and and not wash away but work themselves out mm -hmm. if we just bow before the throne and, and worship the great i am instead of asking for more things or worrying about tomorrow hearing those descriptions of who God is, is so on track with what God has been teaching me lately. Because he's been showing me so much about his character and who he is. And I hear he was a healer then, he's a healer now, and I see the kindness. He was a provider then, he's a provider now, and I see the kindness. He was a savior then, savior now, kindness, like he's the same God. He was kind in the beginning in the garden. He is kind today. He's kind in my big moments, in my small moments, in my good moments, in my not. Like, he's kind, and I just think it's radical. We didn't have a plan. We didn't have a plan to talk about any of this. We didn't even have a plug. <laughs> okay, so kind of cool, kind of weird, but that goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of this conversation, Romans 1, that verse I brought up. Although they knew God, they did not glorify him, and they weren't thankful for what he had given them. Mm. And so here we go again. Yes, we know God and we are going to glorify him and we are going to give thanks to him in our worship. Know God. Bring glory 
to his name and give thanks. I feel like we just went on a whole journey and it's wild that that all tied together. Yeah, that was rich. It's fun to me that we can each be having our own personal studies and we study the Bible together sometimes, sure, but it's really fun that we could be having completely separate Bible studies, sit down and have a conversation about what we're studying and what we feel like God is teaching. And we just saw how he threaded it all together. It's beautiful. Yeah. That's so special. He connects everything. He's in everything and by him, all things hold together. And I feel like that we just experienced that exact thing. And part of that, I think, is because the Lord is in all things, through all things, by all things. Part of that is because he can connect all things easily. And also part of that, I wonder if it's because you and I are one, that he's teaching us different things that thread together because we're one. Mm. Like, I am yours, you are mine, the two have become one. And so our minds are linked and our souls are linked. And I have a relationship with the Lord and you have a relationship with the Lord and me and you have a relationship with the Lord. But then also those kind of intersect and bleed together. And what you are learning in your relationship with the Lord, obviously, is bleeding into what I am learning in my relationship with the Lord. And like you said, this isn't something we came together on until now. And it's like, whoa, all all these blocks are, yeah. Thank y'all for sitting in on this conversation with us. Like we mentioned at the beginning, we didn't really know how this was going to go. We just thought, hey, it'd be great to share what we're learning right now and what we've been studying and what God's been showing us about who he is. And it's really cool how it played out. So if you got the chance to listen to this episode, we really appreciate it. And we hope that you feel as encouraged as we feel by this conversation. I feel very uplifted and very spiritually full right now. Yeah, a lot of spiritual energy came out in this conversation that I did not anticipate happening. And so it's kind of beautiful for us. And and we hope, like Kelsey just said, we hope that you were encouraged by it and fed from it too. Yeah. And I also hope that if you listen to this, that you might consider, okay, what have I been studying? What is God trying to show me? Talk about it with a friend. If you're married, talk about it with your spouse and see the different ways that it might connect for the both of you as a couple. And and take encouragement from what we shared that there is something about worship and that there is something about knowing God's character and there is something about knowing God. There's just a lot of those things that thread together really beautifully that can impact us and encourage us on, on good days and on harder days. And to anyone listening, I do want to give the permission that we all have intimate personal relationships with the Lord Mm -hmm. and my relationship with the Lord may look a little different from the person next to me. And that's Mm -hmm. not bad. It doesn't mean they're wrong or I'm wrong. It's just, we are like, like we said earlier, Jesus is primarily your friend and Jesus primarily my King and neither is, is worse or bad. Like they're all good. So lean into what your relationship with the father is. Yeah. He just wants to know you and he wants to connect with you just like he wants to connect with me and just like he wants to connect with Drew. And what's so cool is God is so personal and so intentional. And there's so many facets to his character, his good and holy, holy, holy character that he's going to be able to connect with you in exactly the way that is going to reach you the best. I kind of feel like we should pray. Okay. 
Father, we thank you for this conversation. We thank you for the individual conversations you've been having with me and Kelsey and our own studies with you and journeys with you. We thank you for conversations like this that bring up so much reflection, so much connection, so much other things that we don't even know about. Mm -hmm. Whatever's happening in the spiritual realm around us that we're not aware of, we thank you for that too. Um, Father, we pray that you would just continue to bear much fruit through our union. We know our marriage is not our own. We know our lives are not our own. We are tools. Our marriage is a tool for your kingdom. And Father, we ask that you would just work and move. Do what you're going to do and go where you're going to go. We give you the wheel. Father, we thank you for this podcast and those listening. We pray that you would bless us all. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Tell me one of your favorite parts of the Thanksgiving meal, traditional Thanksgiving meal. Taters, precious. <laughs> okay. I I do love mashed potatoes. I do too. Specifically but I, paired with a roll. I feel like they've got to be good though. Like I don't want just like any mashed potato. Like it's got to be done well. Buttery, salty. Mm. I do love like a little garlic in there. Oh, yeah, pretty, pretty good. Some, pretty some good. lemon pepper. I could go for that. Yeah. Yeah. I am a big fan of whatever dish it is that gets a little bit of a twist, you know, like put some bacon in the mac and cheese. (laughs) Yeah. Bacon, jalapeno, mac and cheese, or maybe like some green chilies in the corn. Yeah. I'm getting hungry. Just something like that where the, the rolls or maybe instead of mashed potatoes, it's like mashed sweet potatoes with garlic and butter and, you know, and, and it has just like a little bit something different because everyone expects the sweet potato with the marshmallow on it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Oh, I know what you're saying. So anyway, 